The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While Peter was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the Beloved with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Dear friends, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When you pause, when you stop and really think about it, Jesus had the ability to both make gatherings really epic, but also could be sort of a downer. He turned water into wine so a wedding feast didn't lose its momentum of celebration, but then warned his mother not to make a big deal out of it, to bring anybody's attention to it. And in today's story of the transfiguration of Jesus, his face shines like the sun, his clothes dazzling in white. He hangs out with the spirits of forebears of the church, all atop a high mountain. A pretty epic experience. And he orders his disciples not to tell anyone about it. But who among us after experiencing something epic, does not want to tell everyone about it. We all do. In fact, by our very identity as Christians, we are called to tell everyone about the epic love of our God through Jesus. Jesus has been revealed as our God incarnate, as the Messiah revealed, and that is worthy of some epic praise. But Jesus is cautionary with his disciples because Jesus has the foresight to know that much of the world wasn't ready to hear about this epic news and his role as the saving one. And apparently this transfiguration was a sight to behold, but I've always found it interesting that in this divine event we get caught up on it just being a sight to behold, but isn't it something more? Jesus being transfigured 
in the presence of his disciples. Well, the multiple references to other parts in the Bible from this passage of the story of God, it seeks to connect the importance of Jesus in relation to that whole story, the whole story of God's people from the beginning up until that point and beyond. The words we heard at Jesus' baptism are repeated here. This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This gives further confirmation, as Peter says in that second reading, that Jesus is the Son of God and sent for God's purposes. Just another component of God revealing God's self in Jesus to a world who isn't ready to see him for who he is. Because God unveiling who God is in this world, who God wants to be in this world, doesn't mean that we are ready to respond to that revealing. Then on the mountaintop, the spirit of Moses shows up, a patriarch of the faith, somebody who delivered God's people from the bondage of slavery through the desert. And now Jesus is the one who would deliver God's people from another form of bondage, the bondage of sin. Don't forget about the spirit of Elijah either. He crashes this mountaintop experience. He was a faithful prophet who rained down God's judgment from heaven in the form of a pillar of fire that consumed false prophets. And Jesus here is the fulfillment of all prophecy, the ultimate judge to put any threat of false prophets to rest. Every story of these important biblical figures wraps itself together, weaves itself together to be a story of transfiguration of some sort or another in which the majesty of God is revealed and therefore worthy of our praise. It's well known that much of J.R.R. Tolkien's works have Christian undertones to them. If you didn't know, perhaps if you haven't read them, you can from a Christian story perspective. And the story of the transfiguration we have before us today is just one of those examples. Many years ago, I was very into the Lord of the Rings saga, especially after having read the books at a young age. I was very excited when the films came out about 20 years ago now. It's crazy to say. And in the second installment of the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers... The character Gandalf, a wizard and protagonist in the story, goes through a transfiguration of sorts after enduring a great battle, a great trial. He has this epic battle with a demonic figure, and although he seems to succumb at first, we find out in this second installment that he endures the battle and he is transfigured. He is no longer known as Gandalf the Grey, but rather as Gandalf the White. He appears to his companions after their separation, much to their surprise, in a dazzling white. 
They find themselves afraid, just like the disciples did on that mountaintop experience. But Gandalf tells them to find comfort in the fact that he has seen their friends and he knows where they are going. I want to read the words from the screenplay so that you can hear the similarities with this transfiguration story from Matthew. Gandalf says, Through fire and water, from the lowest dungeon to the highest peak, I fought with the Balrog, that demonic figure, until at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. Darkness took me, and I strayed out of thought and time. Stars wheeled overhead, and every day was as long as life age of the earth. But it was not the end. I felt life in me again. I've been sent back until my task is done. This is where the characters realize that it's Gandalf, and they say his name, Gandalf. And he responds, Gandalf. Yes, that is what they used to call me, Gandalf the Grey. That was my name. With a twinkle in his eye, he says, and now I am Gandalf the White, and I come back to you now at the turn of the tide. It really helps if you watch the film sometime to get a sense of the majesty of the scene, the revealing sense that mirrors this transfiguration of Jesus on the mountaintop. But what I appreciate most about Tolkien's subtle reference to this scene and the transfiguration story is the Christian witness within. Gandalf's transfiguration wasn't about himself, about increasing his own power and ability, his own effort to help the group to achieve their mission. Like Jesus, it was about establishing a hope and a promise that nothing was outside the scope of God's ability. Gandalf and Jesus' transfiguration was about revealing a work, something at work that was greater than all of them. Not for the sake of Gandalf or Jesus, but for the sake of the world, for the sake of the fellowship, be it the fellowship of the ring or the fellowship of the body of Christ. So why share this story? I think it just goes to show that there isn't just one way to lead people to the gospel. Jesus led some of the disciples to a mountain and blinded them with light and ghosts, made them afraid of voices from the clouds that left them stunned, not really knowing how to react. Or maybe we can lead people to the gospel by inviting them into our doors to be a part of this church, this fellowship in weekly worship. Or maybe even people can be introduced to the gospel in a powerfully cinematic story like The Lord of the Rings, with subtle references to key Christian teachings and ideologies. I once read a book as well by a pastor who owned and operated a bar. 
who very much shared the gospel across the bar every day through the stories that they heard and the stories that they shared, the ways that they offered pastoral care to those who found themselves there in abundant and life-giving ways. I'm not encouraging you all to go spend all of your time in the bars in order to witness to the love of God, but I am encouraging you to be open to how God might be calling you to engage in the work of revealing who God is to the world. Be open to how you might engage in this work with the gifts that you've been given. And know that Jesus' transfiguration, Jesus revealing who God is for the world is just as much as you are called to do the same. Through the love, through the care that you show those that are close to you and those that you've never met. Because it's easy to deny and turn others away. But that doesn't reveal who our God is. Because our God didn't act that way to us. There's no doubt that it would have been easier for God not to reveal God's self to us. To keep connected to us. To save us from our sin. But God did. And so can we so that God's glory will continue to be revealed as it has through the generations before us, and we and will for generations to come, by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the mercy and love of our great God. Amen.